Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknotes Morning 5 here on Monday, October 9th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Dan Rubin. A lot to get into as far as Ohio State football, where they stand after five games. Before we get to that, Dan wants to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Manscaped. Dan? Yeah, they're back. Dave, don't don't think they're not. We brought we are brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from the Halloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. No need to toil in trouble this season. Manscaped, all new handyman, is the best way to get rid of that stubble, featuring a compact design and next gen skin safe technology. The handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Now here's the best part. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code BUCKNUTS for 20% off plus free shipping. And I'm going to give you an anecdotal story here. I have a 16-year-old son. Uh, when Manscaped sent us all this uh, free stuff, which is tremendous, they did not include the all-new handyman. They have since sent that. I gave it to my son, and he came back and said, Dad... I, I put my finger on it and it didn't cut my finger. And then I got the smoothest shave ever. He literally said to me, my, my lip is like a baby's bottom. Now, what more could you ask for than that, people? Your lip is like a baby's bottom. And I will tell you, for those of you who grew up like me with like the, uh, it was like playing asteroid or combat on your face with like those three-pronged electric razors. This is not that, man. This is a little line, a compact little black thing. You're boom, 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 and you're done. So, Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BUCKNUTS. So that's real. That's actual discount. That's $20 off. For $100, now you're paying $80, so that's good stuff. I got one more thing to tell you today. And if you've ever wanted to meet Mr. BUCKNUTS, G. Scott, Joe Royer, Tegra Chabola, or Carson Hinsman, or myself, today at 3 p.m., we will all be at All the Best Delicatessen in Dayton. They're going to do the Big Stupid Sandwich Eat-Off to see who can eat the most the fastest. Money will be donated to charity. Now, this Delicatessen on 5940, 5940 Far Hills in Dayton is owned by Mr. Bucknuts. Uh Cardale may be there. So once again, G. Scott, Joe Royer, Tegra Chibola, Carson Hensman, Mr. Bucknuts, and me for a charity event today at 3 p.m., 5940 Far Hills Avenue in Dayton, and you might get some food out of it. Real good chance. Let's get it on. All right. Let's talk some Ohio State football. All right. Five games in, we have a lot of data on this team now. I am torn. I see areas of concern. You know, obviously the running game. The offensive line, those two things are intertwined. Um, it's just nowhere even close to where it needs to be. It's not like, well, they got to kind of improve a little bit. Like, they have to, like, massively improve um, if they're going to beat Penn State and beat Michigan. Michigan is very stout on both sides of the ball. Um, but so I'm torn. So I see areas of concern. Um, special teams, we'll get into that as well. I did my postgame podcast. There was F-words flying, Dan. A lot of F-words flying. Uh, Fry and Fleming were those F-words. I had a lot of questions about Justin Fry and, and Parker Fleming. We'll get into that. But the reason I'm torn is I also see areas of that I'm encouraged by, the defense overall, even certain guys on offense that you were thinking of. How's Carson Hensman going to be as a redshirt freshman center, being the quarterback of the offensive line? He's playing well overall. 
I'm not saying he's an All-American as a redshirt freshman, but he's playing well in my estimation. Kyle McCord looked terrible in the first half, but as, as we've seen, he's unflappable, had a great second half. Um, and I can't stress this enough, you know, there's not an elite team in college football this year. Maybe Georgia and Michigan think they are. Maybe they are. I don't see an elite team. So it's just win, baby, and they'll be right where they want to be. So I'm just I'm just torn after five games, man. I'm trying to figure out this team, and right now I'm sitting here, I'm torn. I'm equally torn. Um, and I think you probably go through a little bit of what I go through where you watch the game and you try and put everything in context. And with Ohio State, there's always, even when almost more than any other team you hear covered in the media, it's all about today, but it's also about what does this mean for Michigan and the national championship? Everything's about paying it forward. And, you know, during the game, it's concerning. But then when you actually pan back to the national perspective, they're ranked third, they're undefeated, and there really isn't another team, i.e. the San Francisco 49ers, that you think is just going to take you to curb stomp you. Um, And then even when I go a step further than that, that team last year was Georgia and Ohio State given a month to get healthy on a neutral playing field, I thought, you know, played as well against Georgia as anybody did all season. So I'm equally torn. I am very concerned about the offensive line. If we had, you know, uh, I don't even know. If we had a tremendously elusive, gifted running back, I think we'd be in much better shape. We just don't. Um, as many guys as we have in the running back room, Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams and, uh, you know, the crew, DeMonte Trainum. I'm not sure we have a great back with great vision. I don't think the offensive line played well, but there were several plays that one hard cut into the right hole and you were getting a lot more yardage. So, yes, I do think if, if I'm looking at the team right now and doing that pay it forward, can we win the national championship? My biggest concern is the offensive line because I assume they have the five best guys in there. Skill position talent, sometimes you can rotate it. With your offensive line, this is what you got. So how are they going to make that better? I'm not sure how you improve so much on the offensive line. I almost think they're going to have to get more creative offensively. Um, we can talk about that later to try and you know uh, add to the attack. But I'm very concerned about the offensive line at this point. You know, I wish that I didn't know that Ryan Day and Justin Fry were friends prior to this, buddies. That concerns me. And maybe it shouldn't, but it just reminds me of things that have happened, and not, not with Ryan Day, but previous coaches here. Sure. You know, Jim Trussell hiring his brother, you know, for example. Jim Trussell promoting, you know, Nick Siciliano to quarterback's coach. Urban Meyer hiring Billy Davis. That's um, the one. You know, and I'm not saying Justin Fryer is, the, is those guys, but like – and I, I completely recognize that he's dealing, he's he's coaching guys that were not his recruits. It's not like his, it's not like he built this offensive line, although Simmons they brought in, but you know, he, that's because of, of recruiting misses. Um, but Donovan Jackson's a five star. It's not like he's dealing with a bunch of two and three stars. This is the second year. And this is by far the worst offensive line we've seen at Ohio State in a long time. Yeah. Can it get fixed? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm torn. Like, how? How would you fix it? I mean, that's the thing. Yep. You can get better, I guess, at executing the game plan and stuff. But the, we, this has been several games where you've seen, you know, fool me once, 
you know, that thing. If when things start to happen on a routine basis, and by the way, other teams have access to film. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not going to get, it's not going to get better in that respect. I do. I think they need to add. Like, listen, I'm no. When we sit on here and try and provide suggestions for Ryan Day and Brian Hartline for what they do on offense, I say that with a grain of salt, knowing. I'm not saying I know better, but boy, I'd like to see some kind of explosive slot player, like some Paris Campbell type East West stuff. Uh, I'm a big Julian Fleming fan, but we need some more explosiveness out of the offense rather than just chuck it deep to Marv. The more explosive you are, the more spread out you can get the defense that can help out the offensive line. So we're going to have to be great on defense and, um, I heard so I, I got the sense that people were like almost upset we were going to Marvin Harrison as much as we were. If you got Shaq, give him the ball. You know what I'm saying? He's not coming back next year. Might as well uh, get him to him as much as possible. I don't have any problem with that. Um, but the running game really, I mean, I think I, I was texting with one. We made Trey Sermon look like uh, Earl Campbell at times here. You know what I'm saying? And he was hurt and. He was a transfer. It just doesn't look like that anymore. There are none of those 15-yard chunk plays where the back is through a big hole and, you know, gets tackled by the safety 12 yards downfield. I don't think I've seen that one time. So it's vision, lack thereof, and the holes aren't as big, and it's just a nasty combo. All right, the other F word that I kept getting thrown my way, as I said, Parker Fleming. Um, Again, you know, it's just like – they talk about best in America. They want to be best in America at everything. They're far yeah. from it on special teams. Now, they got a hell of a kicker. Jaden Fielding looks like they might he might be their best kicker in a while. And they've had some decent ones. Um, and Murko's fine as a punter. But my goodness, Michigan game botched, uh, you know, botched punt, botched fake punt where the somehow the long snapper didn't know. Um, you know, at some point you can say, well, that's on that's on the players. Okay, at some point it's on the coaches. At some point it's on the coaches. We've seen it. You know, there was a play in the Georgia game. Wasn't there a play like where Ohio State only had 10 guys on the field? They pulled a Notre Dame or maybe – I can't remember exactly what happened. There was another snafu in the Georgia game. Obviously this game we thought it was a fake punt. It was a bad snap. Um, you're not seeing any explosion in the punt return game. You're not seeing any explosion in the kick return game. Although I think Xavier Johnson's solid as a kick returner. And I get they've pretty much taken the kick yeah. out of college football. But every once in a while, you need to be able to pop one. I'm not saying for a touchdown necessarily, although that, that'd be good. But you need pop one for 35 yards. You know, that, that can get the offense really going, especially a year like this. It used to be they used to say, well, Ryan Day doesn't even want to mess with it. Just catch the punt because he knows his offense is going to put up 50. This offense ain't going to put up 50, so you better get every yard you can. Um, Jim Trestle like never would have stood for this, these special teams. Urban Meyer never would have stood for these special teams. I don't know why Ryan Day is up as, again, Parker Fleming, uh, the, the Nick Siciliano of this coaching staff, a quality control coach that gets elevated to special teams coach. And to me, maybe I'm being unfair, seems way over his head. The, uh, the snap. I mean, you can make an argument that that botch snap set the tone for the entire first half. Yeah. Um, yep. If you if you wanted to tell me that uh, you know Ohio State gets the punt off there, Maryland goes three and out and throws the interception there, and then the game is in much worse. Um, I believe it. it. You know, before before we knew it was a botch snap, I'm like, this is freaking desperate, man. You know what I'm saying? That early to feel like you should be going after. 
ostensibly the punt return game is where you can get some juice from a, from some type of skill player and Egbuka just doesn't look like he has any interest in uh, in going anywhere with the ball. I mean, that's I've always thought at Ohio State, you're so deep, you should be able to have kind of a younger guy who's going to eventually be a number one or number two receiver back there to get loose. But that kind of falls back. I'm not sure we have that player. Who's the elusive scat back five, you know, 5'11", 180-pound guy who could be on the four-by-one team? We don't have that guy. I'd like to put him in the slot too and return punts. So that would be my larger uh, concern with the punt game. We just don't – we don't see it as an opportunity to exploit the opposition, which makes no sense at Ohio State. All right, let's switch and talk about some – there's some positives. This defense is – this defense is legit. They're going to be a problem. Like, they, this is why Ohio State's dangerous is because of this defense. If they can be good offensively – this is the first time and they don't have to be elite offensively, especially a year like this. But they have to be elite defensively. My goodness. I mean, Tyleek Williams is playing fantastic football, even though he's getting held throughout the game. How about Josh Proctor at pick mm-hmm. six completely changed the game. Lathan Ransom's playing his ass off. Caden Curry's finally getting like a lot of playing time. Finally got a lot of playing time at defense and then played well. Kenyatta Jackson looked good. JT Tuimolo out looks fantastic. I think, I think, yeah, we're seeing the superstar coming out of, of JT. Offensively, a couple guys I wrote down. I think Carson Hensman's playing well. Um, overall, the O-line's not. Marvin, of course, Julian Fleming continues to play well, blocking, uh, making clutch, tough catches. He's not getting a a lot of targets, but he's making the most of them. Cade Stover, beast mode when he catches the ball. Um, And I'm sure there's, you know, there's guys I'm leaving out. Mayan Williams, when he got in there late, trucking people. Um, So there are some positives, especially the defense. Yeah, I like to go through it. and say to yourself, if you go down the roster, who is having a better year than you expected? And that's kind of a good sense, really, I think, to get a sense of how you're being coached overall. If you go through the group and you start to be like, wow, he's better than I expected. Oh, he's better than I expected. You're like, okay, the coach has made some uh, good decisions here. The problem is on the offense, who's playing better than expected? Um, Marvin's great. Is it better than you expected? I don't think so. Um, I guess Hinsman could be better than expected. Left tackle, right tackle, right guard, right tackle, not better than I expected. Quarterback, about what I expected. Um, the running backs, I'm telling you, I'm disappointed. I, I thought Travion Henderson would be better when he was in there. Um, he does have the home run ability, and he's great in space. I don't think we have a running back with good enough vision to be an every down back and look like Ohio State backs of the past. Um I'd say Stover probably looks a little bit better than I expected, um, although I had high hopes, which is a good thing. And then on the defense, the one guy we don't talk about enough is Denzel Burke. Um, one thing I liked about him very much is I think he got caught sleeping. When you don't get the ball thrown to you literally for you know, six quarters in a row and then they come after you, um, he gave up that one penalty. If you watch the next two, he put combine clips on tape, which I call combine clips are when you – See him uh, at the combine. They roll the highlights. This is one of those plays. He came up and made a really nice stick. He has he ran deep with that guy. He was stride for stride, tipped the ball away. I'll bet if he looks at that again on tape, he realizes he probably could have intercepted that ball. He was in such good position. Um, I don't know about the linebackers. I would say, yeah, Igbenosin's been good. Um, yeah, the linebackers, that shocks. Well, it's not Steele. I always thought Steele was solid. 
Tommy, I don't, okay, so I'm back on the seesaw, Tommy. Tommy, sophomore year until the Rose Bowl, not good. Third year sophomore in 2021, not good. And then something happened in the Rose Bowl where he turned into an animal. And then I thought Tommy was awesome last year. Like, not like, not like Chris Spielman awesome, not like the best we've seen at Ohio State, but like pretty damn good at middle linebacker, was a second team All-American. I'm flummoxed. What's going on with Tommy? I have no idea. People ask me, I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea. No, I, I don't have the all 22, but I have people who access to it and tell me in the wrong gaps a lot of the time, which he wasn't last year. I mean, obviously he missed that tackle in the open field um, and Proctor kind of, you know, held up. Uh, and that's really obvious, but um, we don't seem to wrap as well as we should. You know, guys run through tackles more. He was even, I mean, JT made some nice plays down the stretch, but he even let the guy get out a couple of times. It just doesn't make any expense make any sense. So if you're going to say the, the concerns about the defense, I get them. We haven't tackled maybe as well at times as I would have liked, and they don't get the sacks. But like I said, sacks are not heading into the last game. I said this, the guy who led the big 10 in sacks after five games had two. So people aren't throwing up huge sack numbers. Um, I think opposing offenses know if you're to the point where Ohio State is sacking the quarterback, you are going to lose. You're going to lose that game. So they're doing everything they can to not get into a position where Ohio State can rush them with their front four. We're going to get to some of your questions that I have starred in just a moment. Uh, to, but I want to let you know about one of our other great sponsors. Give me just a second because I'm going to put their banner up. You've heard us talk about BetterHelp before. If you're looking for someone to talk to online, they're the best in the business. And they have a message for you guys. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it and you can't figure out why? Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. It is also just nice to be able to talk with someone. It helps you feel better and be more productive in your personal life and your career. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Bucknuts today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bucknuts. Dave, right. let me, let me uh, piggyback on what I just said before. Another guy who I thought I think deserves credit is Lathan Ransom. Um, Lathan has always been excellent coming forward to me. The dude brings it now. I mean, he's he is a really good ta- – okay, he's probably our best tackler in the open field. Um he runs in straight lines, which I love. He's coming to get you. Um, he was in the right spot for the interception. So he looks to me like when you look at a guy who who showed flashes and then kind of puts it all together as a veteran player, that looks to me like Leighton Ransom. He looks comfortable out there. Um, been very, very impressed. And obviously Sonny Styles maybe doesn't play as much as I would like, especially against teams that spread it out. But when he's in there, you notice him. Um, and then my guy, Mike pointed it out. He's right. Steel has not played that well. Um, dropped an easy interception. Those things kill you, man. 
Dropped interceptions and dropped passes on offense to me are the most underrated negatives in football because they literally, I mean, interceptions, obviously, but drop passes put you behind the chains, and we all know what happens when you do that, Dak Prescott. So, oh, yeah, yeah. We, it's every week one of us comes in here like this. Oh, and we, this week. we get the 49ers in a few weeks. That'll be fun. I, I'm thinking like – too bad the Bengals can't play the Arizona Cardinals every week. Sorry, Paris Johnson. You know I love you and your family. I'll put this on record here. Nothing, I'd love to have Paris on the Bengals, um, but uh, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to play the uh, Arizona Cardinals every week. That'd be nice. I'll put this on record for uh, NFL fans. If the 49ers team that took the field last night takes the field throughout the season, meaning there are no injuries, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yep, they look like the best team in football, no doubt about week it. Week five. People that think Brock Purdy is like, oh, was that just a flash in the pan? I'm not saying he's like, you know, the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's he's damn good, especially on that team, especially on that team. Dude, dude they, McCaffrey, Hall of Famer. Debo Samuel, not a Hall of Famer, very good. George Kittle, Hall of Famer. Trent Williams, Hall of Famer. Kyle Shanahan calling plays is on the Hall of Fame of Pluto. So, yeah, you're, we're screwed. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I digress, people, and I apologize. Joey B is looking like Joey B again. I was really I'll worried about Burrow. Okay, let's get back to Ohio. Well, State. I want to comment on that too. Bur- Burrow is Ohio State adjacent, so I, okay. I guess I can kind of sneak that in there. But seriously, I mean, Burrow finally looks like Burrow again, so I'm happy about that. But I do want to get to this. Hold on a sec, Dave. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got to say something about Joe Burrow. Here's how I knew he was back. There was a play towards the end of the game where uh, Chase was triple covered in the back of the end zone. And I could see they had an aerial view. of the. I don't know why they went to an aerial view. And I'm like, if Burrow just rolls to his right and whips it as hard as he, and it, and you could just see it, he planted his foot and whipped it, and you know Chase came. Chase was in a zone, so I'm I am probably going to have to shift my allegiance to the AFC here if I want any chance of doing anything. You're right. That aerial shot was awesome. Usually you can't see play. That's the only thing I don't like about football on TV. You can't really see passing plays develop like that. And they had they a it live. I couldn't believe for a live shot that I, that that was rare. That was really really awesome. really cool. Um, all right, let's get to this because I've wondered this too. I'm glad Mike Schaefer on YouTube brought this up. Where is Joe Philbin? He has to be seeing our weaknesses, yet we keep trying plays that don't work. I'm telling you, you lose Kevin Wilson, and, it was, and then they you know promote Justin Fry. He was already O line coach, but then Justin Fry is also run game coordinator. Brian Hartline gets uh, promoted to offensive coordinator. Um, but then you bring in Joe Philbin. So I was saying during the offseason, this is kind of like the replacement of Kevin Wilson in a way. Um, so far, we're not seeing like Joe Philbin have much of an impact. I don't know how much of that is on him, but um, I do find that interesting uh, by Mike because I've wondered the exact same thing. It's a good question. And, you know, we're not going to be able to answer that with any high level of specificity unless you're in the room. But I don't <laughs> – and I get that it's a scheme issue. I, I text during the game with someone who's involved with the NFL and very technical, and he's big on scheme changes and stuff for the offensive line to try and improve things. I just think we aren't that good on the offensive line, unfortunately. Um, yeah. If you're getting pushed around, it really doesn't matter if you're supposed to push the guy left, right, or up in the air. If you can't do it and you can't physically handle it, it doesn't really matter what plays you call. Um, I don't think it's, it's got to be coaching point. though. It's on one side of it. I mean, depending it's scheme or, or look, everything that happens on the field is coaching. Cause you recruit these guys. 
stem to stern. But when you're trying to actually break down what's going wrong, when they talk scheme, it's interesting because you can change the scheme. And if you change the scheme, ostensibly you could get better. I don't think you can change the players. So like you said, yes, they're probably going to have to change the scheme, but they've already gone with what they thought worked best, clearly, and it didn't work. So that's troubling. And I've heard people say, well, you know, how about, you know, replace this guy with this guy? It's like that guy beat him out for a reason. Right. There's a reason those guys are second-team guys. I'd love to – I think Tegra Shabola is going to be a, a stud as well. People have asked me about him. He looks like he's straight out of central casting at 6'6", 330. He moves well. Redshirt freshman. There's a reason that that he was he was beaten out. So we'll see what happens. Um, Thomas on YouTube, Dave, please cover the lack of linebacker substitutions, and also Hayden and Pryor over Chip. Well, I like Chip. I think they're probably trying to redshirt Hayden because that was the plan last year. Um, Pryor, I'm not sure. Maybe he, he's still knocking off the rust with that knee. Right now, they feel like Chip is their number two running back behind Trey. Trey missed the game. Linebacker substitutions, and, and Dan can get into the running backs too, but I want to address the linebackers, then I'll turn it over to Dan. Yeah, I, I at least Cody Simon's getting some run. It's not like they're just playing steal the entire game. Like Cody Simon is chewing into his snaps for sure. But now, you know Tommy, what they're asking. Tommy doesn't, Tommy doesn't rotate, but like watch your favorite NFL team. Do they take their best linebacker off the field like the Bengals? Let's not use this example before. The Bengals don't take Logan Wilson off the field unless he has like a broken leg. Even then, he's going to probably try and stay out there. You don't take your stud linebacker off the field. Now, Tommy's not playing like a stud. I get it. Now, that being said, I'm disappointed that we're in year two of C.J. Hicks and he's not getting any playing time at all. He's a five-star. What is going on? Is it lack of development? Was he Is he not ready? Is there something else going on? Because it's certainly not, well, the linebackers are lighting the world on fire, so that's why C.J.'s not getting out there. So, I'm with you. I'd like to see CJ out there more, but I will say at least Cody Simon's out there. Cody Simon's, for the most part, been playing some pretty good football. Debbie, uh, press conference coming up, so yes, he'll get some of these questions. I think we're kind of back to the same discussion here, which is the, the, the coaching staff has assessed the personnel and put them in the spots that they think are best. I do not think at Ohio State, that you could play someone ahead of another person for personal reasons or because you like the cut of their jib. Um, like I interrupted you as I want to do during the, during the, your answer, that question was about CJ Hicks. People want to know where CJ Hicks is. If he was one of their better linebackers, they would have him in there. Um, so I don't really know the answer to that. I would like to see CJ in that role. Um, you know, I saw him play a ton in high school. He played high school football about a mile from where I'm sitting. And <laughs> I didn't think he was going to be a middle linebacker now. I'll be honest with you. I thought he was an outside guy or, you know, more he the place where he can turn and run. Yep. Um, and I guess they just don't think he's the right guy for the spot right now. It's kind of like Sonny Styles. I mean, uh, CJ and Sonny are the prototype guys we brought in here that got everyone, you know, geeked up. But you do have to know the scheme. You got to know where you're supposed to be. And if they think, you know, Steele and Tommy. Now, Steele and Tommy are pretty veteran players now. Um, so I guess this needs to be seen. I. It's a tough call, man, because uh, – 
you know, we want CJ to be in there. And do you want him to be learning on the job when you have guys who are more veteran ahead of him they don't think will make the same mistakes? It's, it's a challenging situation, no doubt. Yeah, we have more Mitch on YouTube kind of echoing what we've said uh, on many fronts there. All right, let's get to this as well. We can close the show talking about this. Um, what's the info on Travion Henderson, asked Jordan, on YouTube? Uh, he could have played. Um, I know a lot of people are wondering about this, and there was some – People, they're like, oh, is he really hurt? It's a minor injury. Uh, I completely believe what Ryan Day said after the game because I've heard this from, you know, sources that I trust as well. It was a minor injury. He could have played. We saw him sprinting in warm-ups, but they figured, you know, Chip's healthy, Mayan's healthy. We can use those other guys. If, even if they're trying to redshirt Dallin, they still could have played him, you know, and as long as he doesn't play in four games. I think he's only played in one game, so they could have played him prior. But they felt like with two healthy backs, why not? you know, not take a risk with Travion. So from everything I'm told, Travion's going to play this week um, at Purdue. By the way, Buckeyes only favored by 20 at Purdue. Kind of makes sense. This Ohio State offense is limited. Purdue's decent defensively. They weren't early in the year, but they've started to play better. And ross Stadium has been a house of horrors for the Buckeyes over the years, as we know. But, Dan, that is the 4-1-1 on Travion Henderson. Minor, I'm not concerned about it. We'll see what happens, though. It's pretty clear that for this team to be at their best offensively, they're going to need Travion to be part of it. Um, my guess is if you are an opposing team and Ohio State's at full strength and you are ranking the threats, number one is number 18 and number two is number 32 in terms of guys that can beat you. Um, while I'm not a huge fan of his vision or ability to break tackles, if you get him a seam and no one's in his way, it's a touchdown. And he does have, when you look at Ohio State play, it is different when he has the ball. He's the fat, I know they've said Marvin ran the 22 miles per hour. Looks to me like Travion Henderson has more juice than anybody. And uh, they need to get him the ball. I wish he had more vision um, so he could, you know, make the offensive line look better. We've talked about this, Dave, throughout the show, but if your offensive line is not great and you have a back with tremendous vision, he can make them look better. That's just a fact. Some guys are just gifted, and I just don't think we have that back, which is a shame because we have in the past. Um, but we also had a great offensive line at that time. So, yeah, I mean, we need to see Trey in there. My concern with Trey also is they're coming off a bye week and he's injured, and this was the problem last year. NFL people I talk to, one of the first things they say about this year is they want to see him play a lot of snaps because, you know, he's been, I don't want to say oft injured, but he hasn't had a totally clean attendance record. It's been spotty. So that was troubling to me. I'll bet I'm not alone when everyone saw Trayvon Henners out for this game. You're like, wait a minute, what? We're going to go through this again now? And then last year there were some nefarious things around the injury too. It just... It has a little bit of that here-we-go-again mentality, which is poison in sports. Yeah, I felt bad for him last year because, like, Day didn't want to let – because they were having him play through that broken bone in his foot. And Ryan Day didn't want to, like, tell the media because that's telling your opponents that the running back's got a broken foot. But then people are like, all of last season is Trey soft, is Trey soft. It's like trying to play running back with a broken foot, not easy. No, not not easy. Um, really, really, really hard. But, yeah, I agree with you. They need to get Travion back. And I like Chip as the number two back. And mine is the number three back. But, I, I yeah, I like Travion as the starter. All right. No doubt. 
Good stuff out of Dan Rubin. Appreciate it, Dan. And uh, appreciate all of you guys. If uh, you're watching on YouTube and you're not subscribed and you like the show, subscribe. Helps us out a lot. Appreciate that. Uh, appreciate all of you guys for tuning in. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. We'll see you at the deli. Bye.